Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning again. Happy, happy New Year. And you are the ones that set your alarm and hopefully didn't stay out too late. <laughs> right? I hope you had a great send-in. Um, I love the New Year because it represents out with the old and in with the new. First of all, let me welcome you. I want to welcome those who are online as well. I don't know about you, but with few exceptions, I, I like new things. I like new socks and new jeans and new shoes. The occasional new car when I could afford it. I even like new underwear. Just, we just keep that between, between us. <laughs> but you got to get rid of the old ones when you get... I'm just saying. Well, what's true about the physical, listen to me this morning, is also true of the spiritual because, because of Christmas and the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, how many know that we can all experience God's newness? The Bible says his, his mercies are new every single morning. Now, this is a good verse to memorize, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? He's a new creature. The old things have done what? Passed away, and all things have become, become new. That's what God wants for every single one of us, a new life in him. And that happens the moment we do what? The moment we acknowledge that we are sinners, that we need a Savior, and and that Jesus came to be our Savior. We call, that, we call that being justified by faith, justification by faith. And that's the act by which God moves a willing person from the state of sin, which is called injustice, follow me just for a moment, to the state of grace and righteousness or right standing, which is called justice. And that's what God does. Now, unfortunately, that's where a lot of people get stuck. They get stuck with just getting in, they, they, they're satisfied with the fire insurance that Jesus provides and they don't, or the get-out-of-jail-free card and they don't want to take it any further. They said a prayer at some point in their past, whether it was a VBS or the preacher led them in a prayer. And then beyond that, the, the growth in the Lord has come to a halt. And so they never cooperate with the next phase of their development, which is sanctification. Someone say Sanctification. Okay, and it literally means to set apart, listen to me, for special use or purpose. To set apart, to be used for a special purpose, to make holy or sacred. Therefore, it says sanctification refers to the state or process of being set apart as a vessel full of the Holy Spirit. So, the moment you accept Jesus, Jesus, not only do you become justified, the Bible says you are now sanctified or set apart to do, to do a good work for the Lord. You, 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 you become sanctified and you are being sanctified, i.e., God begins to work his word and his will into your lives. Now, let me tell you something. That second part is not necessarily automatic. You have to submit or cooperate with the process. Come on, somebody. Now, these verses kind of sum it up in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to obey the results of your salvation. Let me say that again. 
work hard to obey the results of your salvation. Uh, to show, I mean, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what? To, to do what pleases you? To do what pleases him. Work hard because God is working in you. That's your part to submit to and to yield what the Spirit is doing and saying in your life. Now, some people would say, well, Pastor Rick, I, uh, I never hear the, the Holy Spirit talk to me. Don't raise your hand, but that's simply not true. The Holy Spirit is talking to you through his word. Come on, somebody. And he's revealing what his will is to us. And he tells us in 1 Peter 1.13 what that is. He says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober. When he says fully sober, what does that mean to you? Coming off of a party, party night. Come on, somebody. With minds that are alert and fully sober, he says, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming as obedient, there's that word again, children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. In other words, since he made us holy, and he did that by his grace, by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, he says, since I've made you holy, be holy. Act holy. That's to say, in your behavior, your behavior and my behavior should reflect what God is doing and what he desires for our lives. Galatians 5.16 gives us a clue as how to do that. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't, do, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. If God is in, in control of your life, he says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Now, what does that tell us? Just because you got saved, the sinful nature doesn't go away, does it? It's still there. It's still calling you. Your flesh wants what it wants. But the Bible says the moment you, you accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you've now been justified and you've been sanctified. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in you, and he's made you holy. And he says, since I've made you holy, act that way. Since I've made you holy, walk after the Spirit. He says, if I walk after the Spirit, I will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Come on, somebody. Whatever nature you feed, that will lead. Even after you get saved, there are people who are caught up in sinful patterns and, and they can't break free. And oftentimes they call me for counseling. I would say, whatever it is, whatever it is, I, I would say, well, stop feeding it. What do you mean? Stop going to the whatever. Stop. If you, if you starve it and you start to fill it with the things of the Lord, whatever nature you feed, if you walk after the Spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And the Scripture tells us to don't uh, continually uh, walk after those evil desires in our life. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6.33. He said, but seek, help me out somebody. Oh, I can't hear you. Seek first his Someone says, it's a kingdom. It's a kingdom. Say, it's not a democracy. Not. See, we treat God's uh, establishment, we treat it like it's a democracy, like it's America. Everyone's got a vote. How many of you know in a kingdom, everyone don't have, a, don't have a vote? It only matters what the king says. That's why he says, it's only those who obey my will. 
is going to get the blessings. That's why you constantly hear the words obey. We are in this Western mindset, and we're thinking this whole thing. We just came up for Christmas. What did the Magi come looking for when they came to Jerusalem? Help me out, somebody. No, no. Specifically, what were they looking for? The one who was born king of the Jews. Come on, somebody. That's what got Herod so startled. We serve a king. And it's in his kingdom. And because he rules, the scripture tells us in Matthew 6, 33, we're to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness or right standing. And he says, when we do that, he says, and all these things will be given to you as well. Someone say first. That's the title of our new series that we're starting this year. First, the New Living says it this way, Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Does above all else mean above all else? Does first mean first? And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Again, we live in a society that puts heavy value on being first. That's why we have a World Cup. Uh, Congrats to, was it Argentina who won that one? Uh, We have Olympic Games. We have Super Bowls. Everybody who plays in these games wants, to be first string, first string quarterback, first string picture. If you're, in a, if you're a band geek, you want to be first chair. If you're an actor or an actress, you, wanna, you want the lead parts. No one wants to be the understudy. You get to do all the work, and then you, you may not even get to perform. It's even, it's even been a race to get to the moon first because we had to send a message to the Russians that America was on the job before them. Now, my thoughts are, What if we applied that same zeal to our walk with the Lord, come on somebody, in every area of our lives? Amen. I love that. I love that. What what if our lives reflected making God a priority in our lives, in every area of our lives? That's what Paul meant when he said in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So one to win. <laughs> All athletes are disciplined and they're training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So when Paul says one to win, listen to me, he's not talking about joining an Olympic team. What is he talking about? He's talking about your walk with the Lord. And I can imagine him when he gave his sermon that day. He didn't just say, he didn't say this way. He didn't, he didn't say, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize, so one to win. No, that's not what I think he said. I think he got his preach on. I think he said, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. And then he looked everybody in the eye and he said, so one to win. Run to win. Run to win. I want you to treat your relationship with the Lord like you would treat anything else. I want you to make him a priority and make him the one that you are running to win for. He says everyone else, everyone else is running. You see the Olympic Games. We see the soccer. They get a big trophy. Even in acting, they get a little trophy. All that stuff 100 years from now, 200 years from now, is going to end up in a garbage pile. All your trophies are going to end up in a garbage pile. That's it. So he says, if that's all you're living for, you've aimed low, and you're going to hit your target. 
He says, let me give you something worthwhile to live for. <laughs> live to please the Lord. So when Jesus said, put me above all else, he was giving us the solution to getting all, even our, not just spiritual needs met, all of our needs met, our physical needs, our, our emotional needs, and it's the power of prioritizing or making your spiritual walk a priority in your lives. Now, as we read a few weeks ago when Jesus told a parable about the king who sent out invites to the banquet table, you remember that story? Only to be met with excuses, you remember? He says, he sent his people out. He says, I prepared a great banquet, and he sent them out, and the only thing that came back were excuses. I've got a wedding to go to. I've got, you know, donkeys to take care of. I've got all these other things. And, and, and here Jesus, is, he, he's saying the king has put out this great invitation and, I, and all the people are coming up with is excuses. Now, we do the same thing with our walk. We say we don't have time for this or that, but I found, listen to me, that we make time for what's important to us. Amen. Come on, somebody, right? We make time for what's important to us. Now, truth is, most of us don't have a time problem. We have a priority problem. And once we solve the priority problem, everything else will or tends to fall into place. And so today and over the next few weeks, we're going to be tackling a few areas where I believe that God would have us prioritize in the new year so that we can be holy as he has made us holy. Amen. Oh, my goodness. But first, we need to differentiate between urgent, the urgent, and the important. Now, what's the difference between urgent and important? Urgent things tend to yell the loudest, and they often give us immediate satisfaction. But important things often kind of speak softly and has long-term rewards rather than just immediate satisfaction. It's the difference between, let's say, getting a job at, at Burger King or McDonald's, <laughs> okay, and not having any other plans, and I'm not knocking anyone who works at those places. It's the difference between that and settling for that and then or, or doing what it takes to get a career, studying or picking up a skill in an area that's going to, you know, actually be rewarding or pay your bills along those lines. It's the difference between putting out fires as you go or laying the groundwork so that you're not always dealing with the fires. It's, it's the story of the hare and the tortoise. You remember that story? Of course. Slow and steady wins the race. Amen. And so for this morning's message, I'm going to give you five ways, five ways that we can prioritize our life as we are entering into this new year, to walk after the Spirit so that we will not continually be fulfilling the desires of our flesh or our evil nature, like, the, like Paul said. The first thing I want you to put down is I want you to follow peace. Follow peace. Now, where do I get that from? In Colossians 3.15, it says, Let the peace of Christ do what? Rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. So the Bible says that peace, the peace of Christ, 
should rule in your heart as it relates to your relationships with your husbands, your wives, your neighbors, your employers, your employees, your children. Peace should be the number one goal. Romans 12, 18 says, do, listen to me, your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. Pastor Rick, you don't understand. I'm living with a hellion. I'm living with someone who's constantly causing problems. The Bible says all you have to do is your part. Anyone, anyone with me this morning? Come on, somebody. We all got a part to play. I had somebody contact me this week. I had someone contact me this week and tell me how much problems that they're having with their, with their parents and their step-parents and how many issues are going on. And, and they're just, you could just tell that they've lost their peace. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm going I'm to say something that may upset you. As it relates to your parents, are, are, you, de- are you dependent on them? Or yes. And you're constantly run, running, running into problems with them? This is a grown person. I said, I'm going to tell you to bite your tongue. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to tell you to hold your peace. I'm going to tell you to refrain because these are the people, good or bad, and perfect, you know, whatever, who are meeting every single one of your needs. <laughs> and you constantly pointing out the things that are wrong is only going to cause you problems. Sometimes we got to hold our peace. Come on, somebody. Matthew 5, 9, it says, God blesses those who do what? Who work for peace. Sometimes it takes work. But the result is going to be this, for they will be called the children of God. My question to you this morning, those who are listening online, is do you work for peace? Do you work for peace? Or are you on a constant war footing, ready to fight at the drop of a hat? I got my rights. Now, God wants, does God want us? to assume a, a war footing? I promise you he doesn't. Only in the area of spiritual matters that he causes us to, to assume that footing. That is to say, we need to be willing to do battle in prayer against spiritual wickedness in high places. Remember Ephesians 6? It says to put on your full armor of God. And he tells us why. He says because we wrestle not against powers and principalities and ruling spirits. We, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and ruling spirits in high places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And so we are constantly fighting the person who's, who's giving us a problem in front of us when the Bible says that's not what you should be fighting. You should be fighting, you should be going after in prayer, in your prayer closet, the things that's aggravating the person that's, that's coming after you. Come on, somebody. There are times when I, sometimes, and I have to learn this the hard way because I'm like you. I'm one of those, when the, when the Bible says, says, when someone pops you on one side to turn the other cheek, I'm like, wait, 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 you want me to do what? I'm an I'm a instant hit back type of person, but then it just escalates. You know, the eye for eye, the tooth for the tooth, leaves everybody blind and toothless, you know? So Jesus said, I'm going to give you a new way. Instead of that, I want you to fight this battle on your knees. Now, when I take back, take a step back and say, okay, I'm getting attacked. This is almost supernatural. I'm not going to 
go back at this person. I'm going to go in my prayer closet. <laughs> and I start praying for that person. Come on, somebody. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You keep taking up arms and, and giving eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, everyone's just going to get, a, it's going to be a bloodbath. That's what's going to happen. And God has not called us to bloodbaths. He called us to be children of God. He called us to be uh, uh, children of peace. Amen? Amen. If you want to be a man or woman of God, let God work peace in your heart and be actively working toward it. Jesus says if you do that, you are blessed. Now, Paul said... Paul said, all we're required to do is to do our part. Amen? And so the next thing I want you to do is to invest your time in eternal things. Invest your time in eternal things. Seek first the kingdom of God. His righteousness seems fairly clear to me, and it comes with a promise. He says, all these things will be added to you. No brainer. What was Paul investing his time in doing? When he penned those verses, I want you to run to win. Well, let's read the verses right above it to see what he was talking about. This is what he said in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. He says, even though I am a free man with no master, I've become a slave to all people. To what? To bring many. To Don't check out on me. This is what Paul's priorities were. Listen. He says, even though I'm a free man with no master, I've become a slave to all people to do what? To bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to what? To bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I, lived, I too lived under the law. Even though I'm not subject to the law, I did this so I could what? Bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too lived apart from the law so, so I could do what? So I could do what? So I could bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses for I want to do what? Bring what? I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share its blessings. And so Paul's uh, uh, investments and his time investments were clear doing whatever it takes to, to, to bring people to Jesus. That's what he spent his time doing, bring, bring people into the, the kingdom. My question to you this morning is, does that describe you? Does that describe me? What's on the top of your priority list? when it comes to the king and the kingdom. And then Paul tells us why it's a priority. He says in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And that is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So when you invest your time and your resources in the things that matter most to God, 
And what are the things that matter most to God? People in his kingdom. People at his banquet table. He says to you and to me, he says, that's a good investment. That's a good priority to have. In fact, he says, I don't care how ugly your feet are, you have beautiful feet because you're doing the work of the Father. So practically, you can do that by sharing your testimony with others. And let me encourage you, you can do that by inviting people to church. You can do that by sharing your resources and the things that will help others come to understand who Jesus is. Now, with that in mind, I want you to take that next thing to help us prioritize in the new year is you need to recognize time robbers in your life. Recognize time robbers in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. He says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have a right to do anything, but not everything is, help me, constructive. And so when Jesus, the Bible says, we're free from the law, he says, and, and so we have the right to do things, but he's telling us in advance, not everything is beneficial and not everything is constructive. No one should seek his own good, but the good of others. Again, what's he saying? We're not under the law, we're under grace, but that doesn't mean everything is good or beneficial that we put our time and our resources in. Because not everything that presents itself as, as good is God. Does that make sense? Now, how do you know the difference? This is how you know the difference. If it's something, if it's an activity or, or an involvement that's pulling you away from the things of God, that the things that he says should be important, your spiritual walk, your family, those type of priorities, that's probably not God. It may be good, but it's probably not God. Now, examples, I, I know a guy... If, if you ask him, he, he'll tell you he's a Christian. He'll tell you he loves Jesus. You'll never, you'll very seldom see him in church, but he loves to hunt. In fact, that's what he spends most of his time doing. And when I ask him about it, he says, well, Pastor Rick, and he, he, he goes out to the hunt. He, he, he's in the forest. He says, this is my church. Now, let me tell you something. Pastor Rick likes to hunt as well, but not to the neglect of my walk with the Lord, not to the commitment to my family, not to, how many know that I can't reach people for Jesus when I'm sitting in a tree stand somewhere staring at the forest? Come on, somebody. And if that becomes my every weekend activity, my priority is not aligned with God's priority. It may be a good thing, but it's not going to be a, a, a God thing. Now, fill in the blank. What are your time robbers? Is it TV? Is it sports? Is it shopping? Is it romance novels, video games? Are you always at work or hanging out with your buddies to the exclusion of making God a priority in your life? None of these, again, is bad on its face, but when they're prioritized over everything else in your life, it becomes a problem. It becomes a problem. Do you have a right to do it? Yes. But not everything is beneficial that you get involved with, and not everything is constructive. In other words, as you walk after the Spirit, you need to allow him to bring a more balanced approach to your life. And as the day draws near, 
and the coming of the Lord draws closer, as believers in Jesus, we need not be wasting our time. In order to do that, you have to take the next step. And the next step is you have to say no when necessary. You have to say no when necessary. Again, how do we know the difference? If it's going to interfere with your growth or the growth of your family and the things of the Lord, say no. Now, some of you here today and some of you listening online, listen to me. You, 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 you have teenagers. You have those in middle and high school. Where are they today? I'm, I'm serious. Where are they? On a Sunday morning. Deb and I have four grown kids. And any given Sunday, you'll find at least three of them here at this church serving the Lord. Grown. Okay? Grown. And the, and the ones with children, they're bringing them up to serve the Lord in whatever capacity. Listen to me. That's not by accident. Do you know why it happened? Because when they were small, we all prioritized going to church. When things came up to conflict with church, it was the exception, not the norm to go. Come on, somebody. We said no so that we could be involved in the things of the Lord. If you're going to start prioritizing the kingdom in your life and in the life of your family, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord, you're going to have to start saying no to some things and prioritizing the things of God. Or don't act shocked when those little darlings want nothing to do with church the moment they get out of, out of your life. Some of them, they don't want nothing to do with church in your house. In my house, church wasn't an option. While you lived in my house, we're going to church. Whether you want to, you don't. If you don't want to after you move out, God will be your judge, not me. But as long as I'm feeding you, putting a roof over your head, paying your bills, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Proverbs 22.3 says, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Turn to your neighbor, any one of them. Look him in the eye. Say, don't be a simpleton. <laughs> oh, by the way, kids will do what you do over what you say. You can say Christ is a priority in word, but if in practice he's not, and nine out of ten times he loses the priority debate in your life and in your house, it won't be a priority for them as well. And so the last one in our little first diagram is to put your trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this. Trust in the Lord. Help me out, somebody. With? With all your heart. 
Do not depend on your own understandings. Seek his will in all you do, in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Folks, this is not a democracy. This is a kingdom, and in a kingdom there is a king. And his name, he's been identified. His name is Jesus. And he gives out a call. And a call, in so many words, is an assignment. Okay? And the judgment for the believer is going to be, did I do what he assigned me to do? Or did I make everything else a priority in my life? Lord, did I accomplish what you had desired for me to accomplish in life? That's my biggest fear. I don't want to get there. I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what the scripture says. But I don't want to hear, look, this is what you accomplished. But this is what I had for you to do. And the rewards are based on my willingness to accomplish what God has called me to do. The Apostle Paul took his call seriously. Jesus took his call seriously. So many men and women of God took their call seriously. The church in America, optional, debatable, if I feel like it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Are you making God a first priority in your life? And if you're making him a first priority in your life, it's how your life is going to look. You're going to follow the path of peace because those are the children of God. You're going to invest your time in the kingdom of what he thinks is important. Paul identified what he thought it should be. Paul did everything he could so that he might win some to Jesus. You're going to recognize those time robbers, identify them, and you're going to start saying no. Not just for you, but for your family. Not just for your children, for your children's children. Because when I'm gone, and I mean, let me just say this, let me just say this. It wasn't by accident. But my, it started with my mom. It started with her mother who loved Jesus and started you know, pointing her family to the Lord. And she's got brothers who love Jesus, who tried to raise their children in the things of the Lord. If we don't do it, who will? The school board? The government? MTV? Television? The Disney, supposedly the happiest place on this earth with the nonsense coming from them. If we don't, we lose a generation. And then I'm going to trust God with all of my heart. Now, if that's your desire as we go into the new year, now listen to me. 
if that's your desire as we go into the new year, and I know this is a time where a lot of people are already traveling, a bunch of people are going to be back next week. We're going to have another first message next week um, on a different topic. At the beginning of the year, we make these New Year's resolutions. It usually has to do with losing weight or whatever. Aim low stuff. Education. Don't get me wrong. I want to lose weight, <laughs> especially coming up, coming off of Christmas and you know New Year's parties. I want to get in shape. I want my career to continue on, whatever it is. But if that's all you've done, in, so, in terms of setting a priority, you have aimed low. You'll hit your target. You may get accolades on this earth, but will you be applauded in heaven? Are you going to hear good and fa- well done, my good and faithful servant? We've been, we've been called by God to do a work by the king in his kingdom. Are you answering that call? I want to encourage you as we go into this year to make a commitment to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to prioritize you. And it's a priority that comes with a promise. He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right standing, if you put him above all else, he says, I will will make sure all your needs are met. Does God tell lies? He can't tell a lie. He, he, it's a promise that he says we are, you, you can stand on it, you can take it to the bank. Deb and I have been living this way for 30 something years. And God has never failed us. Not once. If we put him first. <laughs> but we got to figure out what his priorities are. It's not hunting and fishing and cheerleading and all this stuff. These are good things. His priority is souls in the kingdom. His priority is us living a life that reflects who Jesus is. He says, they shall know we are Christians by our love for one another. To walk in peace. Are you a hellion on wheels? (laughs) Are you you so discombobulated that people are shocked when they find out that you're a Christian? That shouldn't be. We should cooperate with the process of sanctification in our lives, justification and sanctification. It says, if I walk after the Spirit, I will not fulfill the desires of my flesh. And so I'm calling you a commitment this year. If you want, it's a simple one, and those who are listening online today, if you want to make God a priority, and this is for the Christian and non-Christian, as we come to a close this morning, just stand up and say, Lord, as, we, as I close in prayer, I want you to be a priority in my life this year in every area of my life. Just stand up. And I don't have to see you standing. Uh, God sees you standing. This is the altar call this morning. Lord, I want you to be a priority in my life. Change my heart and change my mind. Let's pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today on the first day of this year. 
the first breath of the first day of this year. Come on, Lord. And I want to declare to you that 2023, I want you to make your priority in my life. By your grace, I'm not going to be able to do it by myself. But I recognize you as the king and I acknowledge that I'm in your kingdom and that you've given us a call. I want to know what it is and that you would show me how to obey what you've called me to do in my interactions with my family, my husband, my wife, my children, with my neighbors, with my uh, you know, co-workers, uh, in my community. Father, I want to make you a priority and, and, and help me to say yes to the things of God more, whatever it is, and no to the things that are time robbers in my life. Father, you see them standing here. You see them wherever they're at. Fill them with your spirit, with your power, with your grace. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen and amen. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.